This podcast is provided free thanks to Drama Victoria. Consider becoming a member today. Free resources, big discounts and curriculum support are just some reasons to become a member of Australia's oldest drama teacher association. We would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record, the land of the Wurundjeri Willem people of the Woi Wurrung language group. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we sit down with top design student Amy Norton and we talk through how she approached the Vichy Theatre Studies monologue exam as a design student. Amy studied at Eltham College, received the Rising Star Technical Achievement Award at the Lyrebirds in 2019 and is now studying at NIDA. Without any further ado, I bring you Amy Norton. Amy Norton, thank you very much for your time today. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you. So, Amy, your VCE Theatre Studies monologue interpretation made it to top designs, and now you're studying at NIDA. Congratulations to you. Thank you. So, what made you choose design over acting and directing? Um, I think for me, it was a pretty clear decision. That was where my interests laid in in design, specifically the sound design component of my piece. Um, And that's just kind of where my passion and my interest was. So it was a pretty clear decision for me that that was the direction I'd go in. Great, excellent. Um, Can you help those doing their design interpretation understand the process? What's it like doing a design interpretation? Uh, So my process was to start really with the script and extracting everything that I could so that was not only the monologue itself, but also the whole script. Um, so I did the encounter. Um, so I read through that whole script probably two or three times at least, and the monologue more times than I could count. Um, and kind of drew out not only the stage directions of what was uh, a given, I guess, within the director, the, within the writing. Um, but also kind of anything that that resonated within a design mind. So anything that was uh, very visually striking language or anything that kind of made me really feel something within the writing. And then upon those ideas, I kind of built that into some initial ideas. And for me, I was going down sound and set routes. Uh, I think at the very start, though, I didn't, necessarily know that that was what I was interested in Um, and I remember reading all of the different monologues trying to decide where I kind of head and some of them stuck out to me from more of a probably if I was to choose that like I might have preferred to do lighting and sound or um, props and uh, set or something like that Um, but for my monologue in particular the sound really struck me and then also the set. Um, So I kind of came up with some initial designs and just kept on working on those and taking inspiration from other creatives that I could find uh, through mainly online sources or previous work that I'd seen. Um, And then kind of kept building that until I got to my final product and into its sort of presentation stage. Right. You mentioned that you did an extraction. Could you talk out what an extraction is just briefly? Yes. Yeah, so an extraction um, 
is done across many areas of design. Uh, yeah, many areas of design work. And that basically means taking the original script and the original writing and for, for a lighting sound, uh, from a technical perspective, that probably is a little less, um, I guess it's a little less focused on exactly, sorry, it's, it's broader than just what the script says exactly, but also the mood that it can portray, um, what can be inferred. So if a character says it's nighttime, that then might make you think of the sounds that you would hear at night or the, the lighting state that the night would invoke. Um, and then drawing that all together into a document so that you can see an overall and start to get a sense of the world that you're playing within and the world that you want to build upon. So you might do an extraction in an Excel document or something like that. Like yeah. Act one, scene one, the characters that are in that. Yeah, so for me, I would probably be just for documentation purposes, be saying the act, the scene, the page that that particular thing is on, the line that it's associated with whatever my thought was, um, and then some notes about it from the perspective. And sometimes in one whole document, you might have sound, set, lighting, costume. You could do everything within that one document. Great. So you've got this great extraction. You've come up with your ideas. You've started developing your ideas and uh, refining them and refining them. In your case, you had this you know, beautiful sound design and this great uh, office desk. You even had sent as part of your design. Uh, was that a really slow process of adding, 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 or did you have this big idea uh, that you then uh, revised? How did it come about? For me, I think I, it was probably separate for the two different things. So I think for my set design, it was a lot, took a lot more time to get to where my final idea was. Um, I had kind of thought about different settings of recording studios or being in a jungle, being in a home. Um, and eventually I got to this place of saying, I want it to be within um, Lauren's like workspace, uh, the character, and also how that ties into the playwright and the actors and how that can be as well their own space that they're kind of telling this story through as a, as a piece of docudrama. Um, and that, so therefore that kind of part of my design did take a while to get to, and it was a slow buildup was I think my sound, I had a bit more of a clear idea at the start of where I wanted it to end up. And that doesn't mean that I had all the tools and all the skills necessary to achieve that. Um, when I first started that as well, took a lot of time, uh, just refining exactly what I wanted. So I had a clear idea of, I want it to be the jungle. And I want to be able to use some kind of uh, sound coming from different areas. And I also want to be able to mix this natural, these natural sounds with a very distorted electric analog um, synthesized sound. Uh, so I had these like clear ideas in my head that were very conceptual, but I wasn't necessarily sure on how those could be realized. And I think for my sound design, that was the biggest process, was learning how to realise those um, 
in a in a, a, a don't want to say physical because sounds not necessarily physical, but I guess in a in, in, within reality where it was something that you could hear. Right, no, it's really clear. Um, so, what does a design presentation look like? What does it include? With uh, so the biggest tip I got and the most useful tip I had given to me was treat it like a monologue. Write a monologue and present a monologue, but instead your monologue is not what's written on the page of the VC of the VCA booklet that has all of them inside of it. It's the monologue that you've written that is almost a just this presentation of your designs. So I really treated it like trying to write a script and taking it from almost a performance perspective where I was performing to pitch and prove my ideas to the examiners. Um, and that was really useful for me because I think it made it fun. It made my presentation a bit more energetic. Um, but it also meant that I could be really clear about hitting the points that I needed to hit to get the top marks I could possible. Um, Cause that was really what I was aiming for in going into my exam. So really having everything written out on the page as the script, I could see that at this point I spoke about cohesion. At this point I spoke about um, contrast and going through the elements and making like the elements of theater composition because that was something that I remember being a very big part of um, that had to be included in my presentation and seeing that I could hit all of those moments that I needed to, to get the best presentation I could, which was also engaging, but was still hitting, like ticking off the boxes of what you need within a VCE theatre studies monologue exam. Right. And, and what actually happened in the room, you know, that your name is called or your number is called, you enter the room, what happens in a design? Um, I was quite intimidated beforehand because I just didn't know what to expect. But they were very friendly, my examiners, and I assume that most examiners would be. Um, nothing to be scared of with them. They were very friendly, so they like they came and opened the door for me. This was pre-COVID times as well. This was in 2019, so I, I'm sure that now there would be different, uh, different kind of constraints to how it works, but. Um, I remember them being really friendly, coming over, opening the door for me, saying, how are you going today? Having a bit of a chat to just make you feel comfortable in the room. Um, I had all of my necessary items and equipment um, stored in a way that I could easily wheel it inside of the room and then unpack it and put it all out into the space within those two minutes that I had. I believe it was two minutes. Um, set up within the square. So there's a big square on the ground and you have to stay within that. Um, and I did a lot of rehearsal before the exam within those conditions of having the square set up and knowing how I could use that space and where I could go within that space and what I could put where. Um, so set it all up and they did their little spiel about, here's what you're about to do, here's your exam. Um, overview of the task kind of thing and then said so whenever you're ready start um, and I just went for it and then at the end 
you handed I handed over my documents, so like the interpretation statement, um, and it was done. Right, excellent, S smooth, and you wheeled yourself out of there. Yes. Uh, so because you don't have a monologue, although you decided to write a script like a monologue, uh, how is your script that you presented different from your interpretation statement? This was a challenging one, and I remember this being discussed a lot uh, before my exam and in that writing process. And I was, and I remember being quite frustrated that I really wanted my interpretation statement to be able to come first, um, so that I could kind of give an overview of what was about to happen, and then jump into my script and really delve deep into the ideas. But I think the solution that I came up with was to kind of use it as a conclusion, um, to really focus on exactly what those boxes were that need to be ticked to get the marks that I was looking for and really focusing on kind of discussing those elements of theatre composition and discussing the intended meanings behind my design very succinctly but very clearly. Uh, so it was kind of, a, it was less about the probably the plot of the monologue and the um the, all these themes and ideas that were within the monologue, which I say for the, which I presented within the script, but a bit more just about exactly what those kind of uh, monologue exam requirements were and making sure that I very clearly uh, discussed and made clear to the examiners that I was on the ball with hitting all of those things that I needed to talk about. Great. And well, how did the elements of theatre composition factor into your presentation? Uh, they factored in a lot. So they were something that I was constantly going back to and constantly justifying my choices within. Um, and, and they were also a really good way to, uh, I guess, articulate and elaborate upon what my designs were. So sometimes I would find myself getting stuck for words on how to describe something and going back to those analysis and evaluation skills of that we learned throughout the year and in one, two theater studies as well. And then going back to like our vocabulary surrounding the elements of theater composition just made it a really easy way to justify and describe those choices to not only, you know, like I said, be getting those marks from the examiners, but as well just as a clarity of thought and being able to really clearly say, this is what my design is and this is why I've decided to go with this. Fantastic. Now, you've given advice already that the, the presentation could be considered like a script that you're performing, a presentation, a pitch, which is some great advice to anyone choosing design. Absolutely. I wonder if you have any other advice for those choosing design, because uh, another important thing I've heard is how important it is for the design students to be aware that an actor is performing these and that an actor engages with the props. But do you have any advice around that or something different? Yeah, so I think, again, that's kind of going back to really reading over what the task is in terms of the monologue exam because sometimes uh, in some of it the way it's written can be a little bit unclear in terms of the design or what's expected um, and something that I kept on coming back to definitely was you know can the sound be uh, operated by an actor because you you it's not a traditional theatre where you'll have a 
sound operator sitting there ready to play the sounds as they go. So can an actor do that? Can this set be, uh, is it malleable and usable for an actor without needing crews in there and whatever? Um, so that was definitely something that I had to keep in the back of my mind and was easily, uh, could easily be lost track of it by getting excited with ideas. But at the same time, I think when you're in your development stage and the beginnings of your design, it's important not to limit yourself by those things. So just start with the biggest, craziest ideas and then approach it as, okay, within these constraints, how do I approach that? Um, and I also think in terms of choosing design, it's really important to be open to learning new things and be open to really broadening what your, what your skill set is. Um, because I know for myself, and this is potentially just, no, sorry, this is definitely because of my past experiences, there were certain aspects that I was just felt very underprepared to do and very un, underskilled. Um, but I took this as an opportunity to build up on those skills and to really learn how to do things. And really it was kind of a spark for me to keep on exploring these further post theatre studies three, four. And I think that's a really good mindset to approach the design monologue with. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic advice. Well, Amy, thank you so very much for your time today. Thank you for having me. That is all from us at The Aside. A big thanks to Amy Norton for giving us her time and energy and a huge load of thanks to Amanda Sykes, her VCE Theatre Studies teacher as well. More information about the monologue exam can be found on the 2021 Theatre Studies monologue exam booklet on the VCAA website, also linked in the episode description. You can find about guidelines for teachers and students, the format of the monologue exam, the interpretation section, what's going to happen in the room, a bunch of pages that you can read all about what happens in the room. And again, that is linked in the episode description. That is all for this episode of The Aside. There are a load of other episodes. Over 350 episodes are in the bank now, so feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. If you'd like to ask us a question, please do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you very much to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, to Eltham College for letting me record here, and of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>